Welcome to the first episode of our new series, Text Enough Already. I'm your host, Dan Newash. This series has come to fruition due to the hardworking individuals at our firm, the outstanding staff in this studio, and it evolves around our business motto at Finance for Thought. That business motto being, it's your moral and patriotic duty to pay less in taxes. I've had the privilege to build a career in business around something that I'm passionate about. I've had the opportunity of working with individuals and businesses of all walks of life and helping them keep their money in their pockets. Now I can fully understand why someone would disagree with the statement, it's your moral and patriotic duty to pay less in taxes. So I kindly ask that whether you agree with the statement or not, that you be generous enough with your time to hear the reasoning behind our motto. In our current tax system, every time you or your tax professional files your taxes, you are proving to the government why you owe X amount of dollars in taxes, or more commonly, why you are owed X amount in a tax refund. In our legal system, we are afforded the presumption of innocence, but our tax system operates in the exact opposite manner. There is a presumption that you are guilty, meaning that you owe taxes and it's your obligation to prove your innocence. Effectively, that you have to prove that you owe less, nothing at all, or in the case of most taxpayers, you are owed a refund because you overpaid in taxes. In our current economic state, nearly 8 in 10 taxpayers are W-2'd. And if you're W-2'd, your employer is required by federal law to withhold your tax dollars to ensure that the federal government and your state and local government get your tax dollars from you. Milton Friedman, who is the founder of our tax withholding system, saw this system as a necessary evil to fund World War II. Milton Friedman believed that the tax withholding system would eventually end up taking advantage of the taxpayer by disguising the real amount of taxes being paid and providing the government interest-free loans from taxpayers. It turns out Mr. Friedman was right. Over 90% of individuals who are W-2'd end up receiving a tax refund, meaning they overpaid in taxes. In fact, nearly half of all Americans don't pay federal income tax at all. And not because they're evading their tax obligation, it's because they don't have a tax obligation. So why do we have a system in which there's a presumption that you are guilty, meaning you owe taxes, but the vast majority are actually innocent, meaning they don't owe the IRS anything and are instead commonly owed a tax refund. And why is it that it's up to you to prove your case? Well, I think Mr. Friedman said it best in one of his last interviews when referring to our current tax withholding system. When he said, unfortunately, once you got it installed, it would be almost impossible to get rid of because it's too useful to the people in power. But even with that being said, this doesn't make a fair argument as to why it's your patriotic duty to pay less in taxes. The reason we believe it's your patriotic duty to pay less in taxes is because the federal government is one of, if not the, most financially irresponsible organizations in America. Other than a brief period between 1835 and 1836, the U.S. government has always had a national debt. The moment the U.S. Treasury was created in 1789, which gave the government the ability to have debt, the government has been in debt. To continue with the federal government's fiscal irresponsibility, in the past 60 years, there have only been five years in which the federal government operated with a surplus, and this trend is standard throughout U.S. history. And in those years when the federal government had a surplus, the national debt still increased. It is not only careless that the government had a surplus of income, 
and still decided to pull out their metaphorical credit card, but by using the term surplus in this fashion it is arguably intentionally misleading to the taxpayer and undoubtedly it is unethical. To make matters worse, the government is so financially careless that it has caused, or at least had a large part in, entire industries nearly going bankrupt, then bailed out those industries with money it didn't have, only to then turn around and blame the industry it nearly bankrupted for the very crisis the government helped create. This happened with the 2008 financial crisis, which really began when the government implemented the Housing and Community Development Act of 1992. The act had a mandate that 30% of the loans Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac purchased be for borrowers who were below normal lending standards, i.e. subprime loans. Being that Fannie and Freddie have a monopoly on the secondary market, this required lenders to write nearly a third of all loans to borrowers who were below normal lending standards, meaning that underwriters did not believe these individuals had the credit or income to afford these loans. This policy was portrayed as the moral thing to do, but the reality is giving someone a loan they cannot afford will not end up helping them. It ultimately ends up hurting them. I'm not arguing that lenders had no part in this. There were many that took advantage, but the reality is, just as you wouldn't loan money to someone who couldn't pay it back, lenders, who want to remain profitable at least, also do not loan money to people that they know cannot afford to pay back their loan. And the government shouldn't be encouraging lenders to be financially irresponsible. The government should instead have enough limited oversight to ensure that this type of reckless behavior isn't happening. We are now seeing a similar situation with student loans. Over 92% of student loans are government loans. And once the government virtually took over the student loan market, interest rates on student loans increased significantly, and 18-year-olds who may have no credit history or income have access to six-figure lines of credit and no guaranteed future source of income to ensure they can pay back those loans. And if you can't pay back those loans, your wages can be forcefully garnished and your social security benefits can even be reduced to pay back those loans. If a private institution was working in this fashion, we would undoubtedly call this practice predatory. To make matters worse, student loans are structured very similar to how mortgages were with collateralized mortgage-backed securities. Student loans are structured through something called SLABs, student loan asset-backed securities, and much like CMBSs, slabs are everywhere 401ks mutual funds etc and if student loans end up going the way cmbs's did in 2008 it will likely once again be the taxpayer that foots the bill this has been done many times through what is commonly referred to as a bailout it is not your or my job as a taxpayer to ensure a failing company or even industry remains financially afloat and putting that burden on the taxpayer is unethical. So hopefully I have made my case to the government's lack of fiscal responsibility. And maybe now you agree that the government is one of, if not the, most financially irresponsible organizations in the US. Being how financially irresponsible a government is, why would you give them more of your money than you must by paying more in taxes than you're obligated to? In doing so, are you not enabling the government? Does this not encourage this bad behavior? By paying as little in taxes as legally possible, you are at least attempting to force fiscal responsibility on the government. 
It is a way for you, as a taxpayer, to keep the government in check. The other reason it's your patriotic duty to pay less in taxes, it fights the universal immorality of corruption. The two best ways to fight corruption are transparency, normally when you shine a light on bad behavior it tends to go away, and limiting the amount of resources. Transparency is the job of our media. The media should be our eyes and ears into these types of issues in our government. But media companies in the U.S. for the most part are privately owned, so we have less control over them than we do our governments. What we have more control over is limiting the amount of resources, i.e. money, which can be done if you pay less in taxes. By limiting the amount of government resources, we are again at least attempting to force responsibility. When we force that responsibility, it means the government or politicians have less funds to throw at erroneous manners, organizations, and causes that are not truly intended to benefit we the people. So in theory, instead of that favorable government contract going to a company that is owned by the friend, family, or even spouse of an elected leader, they will be required to give that contractor money to the most competitive bidder due to their limited amount of resources. And instead of seeing government organizations like the General Services Administration spending over $800,000 on a conference in Las Vegas, they'd be required to have that conference at their local office. Ironically, prior to that scandal, one of the roles of the GSA was to reduce bureaucracy, increase efficiency, and reduce waste within government agencies. However, as you can imagine, the GSA hasn't been disbanded due to that scandal. Instead, the role of the GSA has since been redefined. If you've made it this far in this first episode and you still disagree with me, then first I'd like to give you some recognition for having the dedication to hear ideas you disagree with, because that is becoming a rare characteristic. However, the last thing I'll ask is this. Do you agree that the federal government has wasteful spending? If you don't believe the government partakes in wasteful spending, then I'd encourage you to check our sources, which we'll include below this video. Because I can tell you with absolute certainty that the government wastefully spends an insane amount of taxpayer money. Some sources even indicate that over $1 trillion of the federal budget is wastefully spent annually. Being that we undoubtedly know the government wastefully spends, how is it ethical to ask our fellow citizen to pay more in taxes? especially when we know, without a doubt, that we haven't ensured their forcefully taken tax dollars will not be spent wisely. While I understand why someone would think our business motto is divisive, I promise you it is not intended to be. The entire philosophy behind our business motto is not intended to divide us by income, class, or any other demographic. It's intended to unite us. The issues we're having in our nation are not a wealthy versus the impoverished scenario. It's the citizens versus the government, but more importantly, the citizens versus those in government who wish to take advantage of us. The purpose and original intention of our government was not for the government to have power over its citizens. It was for the citizens to have power over their government. The intention of our government wasn't to protect the rights of the majority of our citizens or a select group of citizens. It was intended to protect the rights of every citizen, even the citizens that you may not like or that don't like you, the citizens that you agree with and the ones you disagree with, no matter the values they hold, the beliefs they have, or any other demographic we can think of. Your individual rights extend to the point that they do not trample on the rights of others and vice versa. 
So when we say it's your moral and patriotic duty to pay less in taxes, it means we want you to keep as much of your money as possible, no matter your income or any other characteristic. It means we want to ensure that we are limiting corruption and that your government is indebted to you, not the other way around. So throughout this series, we'll be covering some of the strategies we utilize to help individuals and business practice their moral and patriotic duty by paying less in taxes. We will be sitting down with other business leaders, decorated military veterans, and even some current and former elected officials to get their input and cover issues evolving around taxation, economics, and high finance. Thank you for lending us your time for the kickoff of our series, Taxed Enough Already. We hope you'll join us in the future. Feel free to subscribe, and if you can give us a like, follow, and share, it is greatly appreciated, and it is a great way to support a veteran-owned and operated business. Finance for Thought is independent of American portfolios. Any view and or opinions expressed by speakers are not representative of said companies. This presentation and all material within it are for informational purposes only and does not provide tax, legal, accounting, or financial advice. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Securities offered through American Portfolios Financial Services Incorporated. Member, FINRA SIPC. Investment Advisory Services offered through American Portfolios Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor.